0: Welcome to the Accelerate Podcast. I'm Palma and I'm here with Greg. We are part of Microsoft Canada and we're here to talk about data and artificial intelligence and how it can revolutionize the healthcare industry. Hi, Greg, how are you? Good morning, Palma, I'm great, to yourself? I'm great. Okay, so let's talk about the healthcare industry. So, Greg, you've done a lot of work with healthcare organizations across Canada. What are you seeing?
1: You know, it's a great question because you know, working in the data and AI space, obviously, around how can we help improve uh, healthcare. But we're also seeing a lot of advancements already within the healthcare organization, right? People are living longer; they're getting the proper treatments. Um, lots of technology to help them, but they're still struggling with with some of the real uh, real problems. So, for example, you know, they're really trying to move patients to the center of healthcare, bringing kind of the home approach to technology and apps and data but to the care within the patient. Also looking at um, how do we keep patients out of hospitals? You know, trying to get away from hallway health or improve patient flow, those types of things. So, you know, how do we get home care and improvement that way?
0: Well, that's interesting, Greg, because what we're seeing is increase in wait times in the emergency departments across the province. People are going to the emergency department for ailments that could be treated elsewhere. So why is this happening?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, Palma, because what we're seeing, you know, even out West is that more and more patients are unable to get into a family physician because they're not taking on new patients, or these clinician practices are closed on the weekends or after 5 p.m. So it's really putting the only area for care is for patients to actually go to the emergency department. So this, you know, as they call it, attachment problem is really causing angst and undue stress on the nurses, the 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 healthcare system itself, and, and really crowding the hospitals. The other side too is, you know, as the population ages, um, we're starting to see more complex health needs, right? You know, hips being replaced, falls, those types of things. These are more complex treatments that are required, so more bedtime, right, again, more strain and, and flow in in the, in the hospital getting, getting compromised. And in fact, we're starting to see that uh, if you go to emergency with a critical condition, and you're there between six to ten hours without actually getting treatment, your chance of mortality rate can actually go up by 1%. So it's a big problem, and they're really trying to address this.
0: So with this comes a strain on the actual people providing care, right? The nurses, the doctors, the clinicians. What do they got to start doing differently?
1: We're starting to see a lot of that, right? Because unfortunately there's more patients there. They have to work longer to take care of them, right, when they could actually be offloaded into family practices or other areas if possible. So really team collaboration is really, really key, right? Passing patient information across the different care teams as you go through your treatments is critical. And that goes back to my first point about They're really trying to make patient uh, the center of the care, right? Instead of, you know, at each station you're taking the same information and sharing it. So how can we, you know, leverage technology to share that information across the care path as patients go through the treatments?
0: Yeah, and I've heard from a lot of healthcare organizations that they're looking at a team-based care model or integrated comprehensive care, whereby there's one team across the spectrum that is caring for patients, right? And this technology, definitely support that.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you could think of, uh, you know, your your concierge service, if you wish, right? So it's one number to call, one person to deal with. That's really where healthcare is trying to get to, right? And and drive, you know, reduced times, less stress, uh, easier for the people in public to actually get care.
0: So we've heard this famous quote, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them what do you think needs to change, Greg? Like, what do healthcare leaders need to start doing differently?
1: You know, we we need to step back a bit and look at what's the actual problem, right? How do we drive care and improve the outcomes of those patients and not just add more beds, for example, to uh, an an overcrowding problem, for, for example, that we've done for the last 10, 20 years? What if we looked at the data itself, right? Data is the new oil, how could we leverage the data to give us predictions, to give us insights into the on oncoming potential uh, overflow of patients, right? How do we use AI and, and technology and data to predict healthcare outcomes? Th- those are some of the new things and new thinking that I think we need to bring to the table.
0: Yeah, and that's really interesting, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, there's tons of data collected across the he- health continuum. Can you give us examples of how data can be leveraged by some of the healthcare leaders, health organizations?
1: Sure. Let's look at, you know, one that's been in the news a lot, hallway health or crowding, for example. Typically, uh, what happens is, uh, you know, lots of people come into the emergency, whether it's, for example, Christmas time. A lot of times, you know, people are eating, drinking too much. Uh, They come into emerge because it's the, you know, off hours, it's the only place to go to get care. The problem is is that staffing of a hospital isn't based on certain times of year. It's based on people's availability shifts, those types of things. At at Christmas time, uh, hospital staff want to take holidays just like you and I. So lab assistants might be actually less staffed than they normally would on a Monday to Friday. Uh, you know, midnight sort of thing on a a Christmas Eve. So this all impacts uh, the flow of patients through a hospital. But if you were to look at an AI model with all types of data, like uh, weather data, uh, incident data, events that are coming up, uh, bed management, when people are getting discharged, if you could look at all of those pieces in a model and actually predict when an influx of people are coming or when people are getting discharged in certain beds, you know, flow and crowding could actually be heavily impacted and improved. Other areas, right, looking at clinical operations is could we predict, uh, based on patients' critical uh, measurements, what condition they are in ahead of a serious incident? So, for example, uh, Ochsner Medical is looking at in a cardiac unit to actually monitor the vital signs of each of these critical care patients and actually through text alerting to doctors on the floor the ability to say hey i need to go see this patient at this time because their condition has actually changed and if i don't do something they could actually have a heart attack
0: so that's great greg using data to assist within a hospital setting but how about leveraging data or caring for people outside of the hospital this is in their homes, this is in community care centers, this is in long-term care.
1: Yeah, Doctors really are trying to think and and work with the public to keep people out of emergency and one of the ways is to kind of help with self-medication if you wish and and self-health. So there's a ton of wearable devices out there, right, that can monitor blood pressure and steps and IOT devices from scales and blood pressure cuffs to actually measure and track your health progress. So Keeping the patients at home you know in a nice uh, setting if you wish has a huge impact on you know obviously overcrowding and, and getting people to the, to the emergency department but can actually impact and improve the health and care of that patient. So there's ways to actually use technology and the data that that, um, those technologies are providing to actually do remote patient care. So not only your family members can actually monitor and see your progress, did you take your medication, what is your blood pressure, those types of things, but also the remote care teams, whether it's an in-house patient nurse that comes in or a remote doctor, right? All of this can now be seen and visible through remote patient monitoring.
0: Yeah, and I know elderly, especially like from my grandmother, she was put in the hospital, but she'd rather be cared for at home, right? Absolutely. And she wasn't given that option. She had the care team, but it wasn't really ready. It wasn't ready for that, and she was put in long term care, and then so.
1: Yeah, we're also seeing too as you, if you are in home care, um, there's a constant turnover of the uh, clinicians, the nurses that come in and see you. And Absolutely. they're always looking at different medications, and the, the data for the patient for the last visit is never visible for that new nurse, so there's lots of issues that this data collection and sharing could really have an impact on.
0: And the elderly and patients, they don't like that. They don't know who's coming next, yeah. right? And I know here in the Ontario region, they've actually pulled together for some of the ailments the Integrated Comprehensive Care Program, which has been so successful in the Niagara region, and I know that they're looking to expand that, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Huge impact. So the other strain, uh, Greg, is on tests and test results. Sometimes people are waiting for weeks if they're done in a clinic or hours in the ED because doctors just can't get to the results yet. How can AI help in this process?
1: It's a great question, and, and I personally have had to wait a couple of months over Christmas because uh, the lab workers weren't actually working. So I had to wait uh, till January to get my, my results too. So I, it's frustrating, and, and it does put a strain on the system. So some of the areas that we're seeing is, for example, could you leverage artificial intelligence to actually take information off of an x-ray and actually give you a prediction of the type of chest disease, whether it's emphysema, pneumonia, those types of things. So as a patient goes through and a you, doc does triage, could you, could you improve the speed of triage? Could you uh, you know actually help the docs prioritize on which patient they should be going to look at first? Could you even share test results through a collaborative um, team uh, application, for example, or mobile device uh, application that patients sign up for? So you kind of eliminate the the need to sit and wait around for either in the emergency for for hours on end to, to either see somebody or to get the results or to wait at home sort of thing, right? So lots of ways that way. Also, if you could look at diagnostic imaging and actually prioritize that way too, right? Could you pull the information off of a diagnostic image? add that to your, um, your triage information and your, your actual lab results, you can have a, a lot uh, richer data set to actually do your analysis, prioritization, and treatment on.
0: We talked a lot about data, sharing data, images, diagnostic images. So how does privacy fit into all this? Because it can be a barrier
1: oh, it's a huge issue and risk and everybody's, you know, very, very concerned about it, which which, rightly so you should be, right? Data privacy, uh, data identity, it, it has to be key in the cornerstone to any of these types of solutions. Because if your data isn't secure and private, right, then there's no trust. And without the trust, you're not going to be able to share this. It has to be the cornerstone so you can start the, the sharing and the transparency across uh, caregivers.
0: So that's great, Greg. Like, I definitely see data and more specifically AI as a true enabler for healthcare teams. These technologies allow for the delivery of precise and personalized care and help prevent, diagnose, and deliver care. In your discussions with healthcare leaders across Canada, is there appetite or interest in AI?
1: There is and it you know it varies across organization by organization as to where they start or where they're at. But we're starting to really see a lot of um, health organizations either create innovation centers or groups, if you wish, digital groups, to take a look at AI and the data and start small, do tests, do POCs, to really uh, you know dip their toe in the water and how AI could actually help improve their care, if you wish, whether it's enabling deeper engagement between the patients and care providers or looking at care teams to make them smarter and faster, right? Really starting small and, and building their capability.
0: So it's great to see in healthcare organizations starting to test or pilot AI. This is great. How do they successfully begin to think about integrating AI into their clinical process? Because we're not seeing that today. We're seeing small little projects, test pilots. How do they really start integrating?
1: The most successful uh, organizations that, that we've been working with have sort of three areas that they've focused on. One is really making AI a strategic goal for the organization, not just let's go try this. Two is um, they really need to create and follow an ethics framework, right, making sure it's uh, ethically approachable. And then lastly is uh, sort of benchmarking their AI maturity against culture, skills, governance and those types of things.
0: So is there an, like, an AI model that organizations can, can follow in order to do this successfully?
1: Yeah, Microsoft itself actually has an AI maturity model that uh, we, we can provide and, and benchmark companies against that really took a look at sort of that first level, which is foundational. Like, what is AI? What can it actually do for me as an organization? Then moving up to let's approach AI, uh, you know, where digitization is underway within that organization and looking to optimize processes, cautious steps, but, you know, starting that journey. To moving to an aspirational approach, where highly digi- digitized within that organization, looking at new business models, even um, they've, they've got a culture of data like within that organization, and then lastly, you know, high maturity level is understands a model lifecycle, building foundational data architecture, and really driving transformation.
0: So, in your experience, Greg, where would you say the healthcare organizations across Canada are at?
1: I would say they're really between the foundational and approaching, right? Very early days, but uh, really want to take advantage of these tool sets and the data they have.
0: So now that we've we've kind of talked about you know the best practices, how do we move on with AI? How do you integrate the processes? Can you talk a little bit about some real stuff that you've done for yeah. uh, for some some of the healthcare customers across Canada?
1: Yeah, and that's the exciting part, right? Is actually getting out there and working with the clients to do stuff. So one of the things um, our uh, research and development group has done is a solution called Empower MD, which really transcribes that patient doctor. Uh, visit, and allows the doctor to actually focus on the patient and interact with the patient instead of stare behind a computer and take all the notes of what the patient's talking about. So the AI service actually listens, transcribes that voice-to-text discussion or or, uh, care treatment path, and actually creates a care path plan for the Mm -hmm. doc. They can edit it afterwards. They can search in keywords and uh, change and and make this care plan for that particular patient. Had a huge impact, right, on, on time back and savings for the docs. Another one is actually looking at uh, past data to predict if knee replacement surgery is the right care treatment for certain types of patients.
0: Greg, I'm glad you mentioned that one because there is a metric that a lot of the hospitals and the health authorities and LINS measure and that is getting knee and hip replacements within a certain time frame. A lot of them are missing that metric. Tell me more. Yeah, no,
1: it's a, it's a good point, and, and this particular solution really looks at um, sort of a, a one or zero. If if you can reduce pain by 35% and improve mobility by greater than 35%, then yeah, it's one, which means you are a good candidate to actually go for knee surgery. And that's based on your age, your current health condition, right, and past surgeries that have been done in that same category, right? So really helping the hospital but also the patient collaborate with a physician, better understand the the care of actually doing placement surgery, but also improving the uh, the results for that particular hospital. Other areas, right, is x-ray diagnosis. Could we take and improve uh, accuracy of the type of uh, lung disease or chest, chest disease you actually have quickly and easily, right, by looking just at a photograph of the x-ray itself and having the machine actually predict and tell you what the actual disease is, right?
0: You know, we were talking about this when we talked about the, the wait times for getting to the air. Exactly,
1: right? Helping docs prioritize uh, the patients that they're going to go see, those types of things, yeah, for sure. Other areas, too, is around even seniors' care, right? Like, could we actually prevent seniors from having falls? Is there ways to actually look at measuring their strength their balance right their their stand and walk times to see if they're actually a good candidate to have a fall, which as we all know is a huge cost to, to healthcare not just them in in the hospital but if they do have to have a hip replacement due to the fall or a, or a break that sort of thing they need casts spend longer time in, in the hospital's big wait times so could we use technology like holographic uh, computing or AI models to say this based on all of these test results? they are a good candidate or not a good candidate to have a fall. And so here's your treatment path or exercise routine or your medication to avoid actually falling in the first place.
0: This is an exciting time for healthcare. There's so much opportunity in leveraging AI to truly transform the care that we deliver across the country. Thank you. This is the Accelerate Podcast. I'm Palma and I'm here with Greg. Please follow us at Microsoft Canada to keep the conversation going.